Welcome, everybody, to the Dad Bods Podcast episode. I don't know the number anymore, but we are back. After a long vacation, we spent some time with the kids on the beach, but we have NFL to talk about with the Dad Bods leaderboard coming back in full swing into week one, and we're going to talk about that sooner or later, but I want to introduce the other side of GPL Locks, the former intern, I want to call him the former intern at this point, but he wants to be called the intern. Depends on him. Lockbets.net is with me. What's going on, my friend? Gunzi, how the hell are you? America, everybody in the world watching right now, how the hell are you guys? Uh, I have a nice brew in my hand. This is called a full-time employee brew. This is not the intern brew. This is the full-time employee brew. Um, I'm live on the balcony of um, my apartment. So, uh, listen, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and uh, I'm pumped to be talking football with you, brother. Amazing view, by the way, if anyone's listening at home. I'm telling you, there is a beautiful view off the rooftop. We are – hey, you know what? We had a li- We had college football for two weeks. I know we did a little bit of the Guns and Lock episode zero – or week zero, I should say, and that worked out absolutely amazing. Now we're just back to start off the NFL in full swing. We might have some guests join us along the line, but we are going to start with some week one NFL chatter, unless you want to talk a little bit about college football and what is going on with that. Any reactions after the first week of uh, college football? Um. I, I think there's a few teams that really um, surprised me personally. I think I think UCLA is a is a force to be reckoned with in some aspects. I Chip Kelly looks like that guy who uh, is fighting for his job, unlike our friend Scott Frost, who had a good bounce back win um, last week. But I mean, who did they play? They played uh, St. Anne's of uh, Bronx, New York. Yeah, Mary's Church of the Blind. Can't yeah, really judge but, off. Um, um, I don't know. I, I'm just happy that we're back. Um, Alabama is the same Alabama we remember. We were aligned on the Alabama first half end game. Um, it, it looks like a, a one-horse show for now, but it's week one. It's week one, and we got plenty of time. You have a lot of reactions over reactions. I'm sure we'll talk about that eventually on the Shark and gun show, but I want to get your reaction after the first week. I think I think what you have to do is a better, and I'll say this once, um, don't get too overreactive about how uh, teams perform in the first week. I think that's kind of uh, essential. Is like, look, good teams sometimes play against bad teams, especially in the look-ahead spots, and uh, you shouldn't take that into consideration when betting against them in week two. But we are here to talk we're talking, a li- we're talking NFL. This is not a college football podcast. God damn it. We'll do that on Friday. Let's talk some NFL. I mean, we're in week one. Preseason's over. And starting quarterbacks are announced. And the player cuts are done. And probably the surprise of this one, I want to talk about this for a little bit because I am a Patriots fan. The Matt Jones start this early in the season in week one, taking – uh, and cutting Cam Newton in the process, do you think the Patriots have a better chance with Mac Jones 
or Cam Newton? I think unfortunately it was it was something that had to be done for the team. I think the coaches were probably spending hours and hours trying to develop this offense with Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton's offense is not the same offense that Matt Jones can run efficiently. And I think at the end of the day, uh, they're able to do that. I mean, why not? I have to announce this now. I want to make sure I have the proper introduction for Shucky Waters Nation. Shucky Sports has joined the chat of the Dead Boss Podcast Week 1 edition of NFL Leaderboard. We are promoting this heavy because we have a new partner in this, the Capper Collective. If you don't know them, follow them on Twitter. They have a brilliant newsletter. They follow the sharpest of the sharps. They are very knowledgeable in not only trends, but also statistical analysis in their newsletter. And they give it away for free. So check out Capper Collect. And also, I got some free swag from them as well. Their their cups, their merch is absolutely brilliant. But I want to give this over to Sharky Water Nation. He joins us. What's going on, Shark? What's going on, gentlemen? Little uh, just got out of the lab, the poker lab. I do a lot of different endeavors, and I go dark. Pun said, where's the friends? I'm always in the lab, but I'm doing a bunch of projects, and it's a blessing to be here. Shout to Guns Picks, a.k.a. The Gun. I think we're going to fire off the gun Friday night at 9 o'clock yet again, pilot episode times two. I couldn't be more excited for it. And, of uh, of course, we're talking NFL. I mean, this is week one. This is what we're all here for. I mean, God damn, this is where it all came together last year. I mean, that was a hell of a competition last year. Of course, Lock Betts was so far ahead. But then at the very end of the season, I think Milt got him by, what, one unit in the finals or something, Lock? Yeah, I think the playoff uh, structure was uh, not, in my, uh, not in my favor. Uh, but, hey, take my cap off to Milt. Uh, regular season champs get nothing in life. Got to bring home the gold. So if not first, you are last. So I have a chip on my shoulder. No doubt about it. And and this season is going to be absolutely competitive. We actually expanded this year. I think we got 25 to 30 cappers in the group. So you're going to see a lot of new names. And there's some names you may recognize. So go check us out all year long. If you want to check out, follow any of us. Or you can just follow at Cappers Collect. All season long, and they are going. I guess they're going to be releasing a new app that's going to be actually tracking us, so you can actually see who are the elite and who are not now guns. So guns uh, sorry, sorry to pick you up. Now I just wanted to make mention. There's a lot changing. New cappers, uh, new system, but one sure. thing will remain the same. We are taking the energy of Shark and Sports Nation. Shark and Sports Nation. Sharky players. And he is going to be opening up, us up every Sunday. He's going down. Yeah. And so I, yeah. It's not changing. That is not changing. You're going to have Sharky cutting absolute electric promos like Adam Cole, baby, did on AEW today. I am telling you what. It is going to be absolutely an electric season. Better than season one. Screw the jinx of the sequels. We're going to be back absolutely strong. But let's just get into the slate of the NFL. Let's start with, do we have any takes on the Thursday night matchup with the Dallas Cowboys on the road to go play the Super Bowl champions? 
Tampa Bay Bucks with my former quarterback. Oh, it hurts my heart. Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to be doing a show tomorrow with Jay Money, and I want to give a shout to Jay Money. He didn't want to compete with us because he's just such a life lover. He doesn't want to compete. He wants to host. So we're going to give him the host. But um, I'm going to be doing the Sunday shows with Jay Money, actually. I said I was going to do this a couple months ago, and then we thought Jay was in and out. We thought maybe he's just doing NBA. Anyway, he hit me up yesterday. He's full go. So we're going to be doing the shows, The Shark and The Legend, Jay Money is Money. And uh, that'll be great because, obviously, last year I did the hosting myself. But, you know, I made a couple comments to a couple people. It is very difficult to host yourself, play music, stand up, jump and down, regulate a phone, regurgitate 10 people's picks, your own analytics, not take, not take one breath and chug two seltzers all in one swoop. And um, as much as I love to do that, it was hard to produce, just being straight up honest. And some of the weeks it was just really hard for me to get it all together at noon on a Sunday. So Jay and I, having done the NBA show, uh, I don't know how many episodes we did, but numerous episodes over the course of the spring and the summer, uh, we're going to be doing a co-host every Sunday at 11 a.m. And it'll be the same energy, and it'll be the same promo, and the same hype. But we get a legendary host in Jay Money is Money, and we will get my analytics and the same hype, but just in a little bit more of a regulated fashion. So we're excited to do that and uh, bring bring again Jay Money into the group. But I, I was just saying Locke was off the air, but he didn't want to compete. He's just such a such a deep soul that Jay Money. He just wants to host. He doesn't want to just host. <laughs> That's a dad vibes exclusive because I, I I know that you made it may have mentioned something like that on Twitter. You like delve to that portion, but that is an absolute collaborative that has been very successful on the NBA end with Striker Wars Nation and Jay Money is Money. So I am looking forward to that every Sunday morning as I'm waking up having my coffee to go look at both of you two, like I do uh, on the content that you put for the NBA. Now, as we talk about exclusives, let's talk about the exclusive intro into the NFL with the Cowboys, Jason, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Does any of you guys, I'm going to start with locks on this one. Do you have a lean, a take, or a play on this game alone? Absolutely not. Uh, stayed away completely uh, from the from the spread at least. Uh, I think uh, maybe there could be a move on the over-under. Um, historically, I think the books put it put it a little bit on the higher-end scale. Week one, I think it's at what, 51 and a half right now. Yep, that's um, what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not quite, I'm not quite buying it, but in the same way where Sharky could probably uh, go into uh, narrative-wise, Dak Prescott's back. Um Tom Brady, you know, the Super Bowl, Cowboys at Cowboys. Is it going to be an offensive, uh, tr- you know, uh, display? I don't know. Maybe Shark has that answer. I don't have an answer for a play, though, on that game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, jumping off that, I think, you know, that's a very responsible take. I mean, the first game of the season is literally deep unknown. We will see. We don't really know. And, of course, having gone back last year, as you said, that's got coming off a really some injury. I mean, that ankle really kind of rolled over itself about four times, it appeared. Um, but, you know, I was watching Hard Knock. Seems like he's got his head in the right place. Of course, the guy's going through a hell of a lot of emotional trauma with his family and all sorts of stuff. you got to give him a hell of a lot of respect. Um, but I just don't know where he's going to be coming in here. And I, I'm not a huge fan of Mike McCarthy, just as a very loose remark going back over the last 15 years. I think he kind of got, you know, the Aaron Rodgers win in 2011. That wasn't so much Mike McCarthy's scheme or uh, any sort of locker room motivation there. It was Aaron Rodgers just in the early prime. 
But, you know, when you do look at this, I think the over has some merit. But, again, it's very loose. And I would say the over has merit for two points. One, if you go through this card, almost every total in week one is somewhere between 40 and 50 points. It's very well averaged, just in a very loose way by books. There's not a lot of standout lines. It's not like college football where you see a game that was like, you know, 21 to 9 last year, and all of a sudden the line comes in at like 62 and a half, and you get this like ridiculous story of roster turnover and all sorts of stuff. NFL is very well regulated, possession for possession, points per possession, and possessions per half, per, uh, per, half per team. Uh, but I do think if you go back through the, these teams, of course, this wasn't Tom Brady and, uh, you know, A.B. and Gronk and these boys, but they haven't gone anywhere near the early, the low 50s in the last decade. I mean, I like, bring you back 27-20, 20, 26-20, 10-6, 16-10, 31-15. The last time they went over this was in 2009. So um, if you really just look at historical data between these two teams, they are suggesting that this will come up. And I'll throw it back to you, Guns. Yeah, I, I think I agree on that one. It seems like they're baiting the the public to go take the under from historical data on this one. I mean, 51 and a half seems a little bit high. I mean, I think the uh, NFL standard is probably 48 to 49 on most lines, maybe even 47, depending on what teams are going to be playing. Um, yeah, I think if there's any lean on this one, it'd be the total. I mean, the, right now the line is Tampa Bay eight and a half. And I, I don't know. I, I think that's a little bit high for an opening game. Usually you see it anywhere between three and seven in most spots. Um, you know, I, the Super Bowl champions going home, playing in a, uh, an environment that really reeks of overs. I think that is probably a smart take. Um, going into the Sunday slate, which is a little bit more palatable to the uh, taste buds of most of us sharps. Um is there anything that catches you the one-on-one slay? I'm looking a little bit towards the Steelers and the Bills. It's going to be a competitive game for sure. I don't know if this is a sharp lean or a sharp um, take on this game, but I, I want to talk to you, Shark. What do you think about this game at all? Do you think there's any play on this one? Uh, you know, obviously in terms of the leaderboard competition, I want to give a shout as well. You guys shouted out before Capris Collective. Thank you for hosting. I did get the beer cup. I haven't drank enough beers recently. I only had about 25 the other night. I should have had 28. But, <laughs> that was me um, Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah. But on my uh, my next hiatus to the beer zone, I will be chugging out of your beer. Probably go live, maybe lock, and I will do a chug. And, of course, guns is definitely not um, anything to write at home about in the chugging category. I think there's three legends on the screen here right now in terms of the chugging. Yeah, I might say my Capric Collective Cup for Friday, but yeah. Go yeah. <laughs> but, um, but continuing on that, I mean, if you look at what the Steelers did last year, uh, they were way too hot and they completely fell off a cliff. And ultimately, they kind of did regress to what you're, you probably could have expected their average to be preseason, which was four or five games over 500, maybe six, whatever it was. But, of course, they were undefeated. They were, what, 11 an hour or something like that? And um, they got their quality checked at the Bills. And, you know, this is one of those teams where last year they, the Bills did cluster ATS pretty intensely. I know Locke hit them weekly. And I got off of my sort of blind contrarian need about week eight, and I realized the Bills are an absolute juggernaut. Uh, you have to be betting this team. And the lines were not particularly well adjusted by Vegas. They were laying out some short figures. You were getting some three and a half, some four and a half, some two and a half, and they were close. They were just blowing teams out. It didn't matter. And if I had to lean here, I'm probably not going to be playing this one officially myself. I think there's some better looks on the board. I would look at the Bills here. I don't necessarily love the Steelers bouncing back. I love my man Najee Harris. I love Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the history of the league. 
And Big Ben has gotten a lot more fit. But, again, I think the Bills are right on the cusp of the Super Bowl. Like, I think that this is, like, kind of like their their campaign to really assert their dominance. I think they showed it last year, but I think it will continue. And I think I would lean Bills here if I had to. I, I can't agree more, especially with, uh, you know, you can say anything with – with with st- good Steelers teams, they've always had the good running back. I mean, you look back like consistently in the future, and they bring in Najee Harris, who's coming from Alabama, just a straight ahead runner. Um, it's the the standard that they're looking for. But you got to look at the Bills; they're playing at home, a home opener. It's a bad spot for them to to go and come in and be a uh, a team that was on the cusp of the Super Bowl last year. I was like, I, I really think that KC is probably going to be on a gr- regression standpoint. And you're going to see the Bills kind of like overtake them in some way, shape, or form. It's like now, as a Patriots fan, I want to say that they're going to take the Bills over in the AFC. But I need to see what Mac Jones does first. But I'm going to turn it over to Lockbets while he's on the line. What do you think about the Steelers and the Bills? Do you have a take on this one? All right, the sound's off for locks, but once he gets back, um, we'll get into this one. So uh, I'm going to kind of transition into uh, some of the next games on the slate. Um, Another game that's kind of interesting to me is the Cardinals versus the Titans. I know this is kind of a tight one uh, with uh, the the, uh, additions that the Titans have brought to the table versus what the Cardinals have kind of like jumped off that four win type team into the uh, epsilon of uh, the cusp of a playoff team. Do you have a take on this game at all, uh, Shark? This one is really interesting for me. Um, I haven't gone into immense detail, but, you know, when you look at this line, this line is short for the Titans. Uh, The way I have the Titans graded, I mean, I think the Titans, and again, for people that don't really cap – the NFL in a close manner. Uh, and I know a lot of my followers are much more NBA style cappers. Um, the gaps in lines in the NFL are not that big. So if, for us to say it's short, I'm only saying it probably should be five and a half, six, but three to five and a half, six in the NFL is a massive line strength jump. So it is therefore short. Uh, and then you ask yourself a question, why? And I think you just look at Tennessee. Tennessee has been inconsistent ATS at home in the last season and a half. Uh, they have shown up a few times with absolute authority. They did it last year in a primetime game against the aforementioned Bills. But there were other games against the Steelers and a couple other ones where they just really kind of like went back and forth and didn't really ever like lay the hammer down on these teams in their home stadium against the spread. And if you look at what Arizona did last year, Arizona was, again, very inconsistent. But they did have merit on the road outside of the division. One game that really stands out, again, a primetime game. This is, of course, in the middle of the afternoon on Sunday. But uh, that was at Dallas. And they absolutely throttled Dallas. And they, they, they honestly function particularly well against teams that don't really defend that well. And Tennessee has not defended that well outside of the division at home. Um, I'm not going to put anything official on record here saying that you should take Arizona, but I think the look would probably be towards Arizona here if I had to look at it numerically in some of these dynamics. I think for my personal take on this one, I'm always worried about a West Coast team playing a, you know, at a 1 o'clock game, especially the week one. It's like they're just not adapted to the time zone environment yet. They're not used to the travel. Um, the Titans did add a lot on 
the offensive end and adding Julio Jones to the offense. Um, but their offense is pretty generic in my mind. And you went back to that point as far, far as their defense. Defense have never improved or actually shown improvement on that one. You're dealing with a team that's on, on the up and up. Um, I've just never seen the Cardinals actually win on the East Coast side. And, I, and I'm just waiting yeah. for that. To say. So, yeah. so I think it's a smart take to not have a play on this one. It, you know, it is a short line at minus three. But if there's going to be a take on this one, you always kind of fade the West Coast team. In my opinion. Yeah. And, and Guns just jumping off that because there's a lot yeah. to discuss with Arizona. I mean, this is a young team. Uh, I don't think anybody really saw Cliff Kingsbury being an NFL coach going back four years out of the Big 12. Right. Um, and of course, Skyler Murray. I mean, he can't, he kind of came out of nowhere too. You know, obviously, right. baseball prospect and the whole thing. So, this entire product that they have going on here is a really new, unexpected thing. And if you right. go back to last year, you're absolutely right. Uh, they laid an egg, I believe, at Carolina early season yeah. in a game that they were clearly supposed to probably win, and they did not. Uh, they did cover week one and win outright last year against San Francisco in the first week. But, again, that's a divisional game. It's a revenge game. It's a two-time-a-year game, and it's in their time zone. So you can't really correlate that, that to this matchup. And one final point on this, as much as, as it is a short line in my perception – there is definitely a potential public element in week one on unadjusted lines where you will see a team like Tennessee catch them napping and win the game like 34 to 23 or something in coverage. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a must watch game, especially at the one o'clock hour. Um, but I want to transition on to a game that I actually really like. And, uh, and maybe you like this one, Shark. And I think, I think this is one that is more of a play on my my perspective and I want to it's more of going back to a West Coast team playing an East Coast team and I'm talking about the Chargers and I'm talking about the Washington football team hmm. I love the Washington football team in this perspective this is a this is a team that made the playoffs last year going against a team that did not make the playoffs last year they have a great defense they were missing that element of the offense uh they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to go take off the that offense. Now, I've never seen Ryan Fitzpatrick, for the most part, at least in the beginning of the season, underperform. True. So I True. think, from my perspective, this is a money line play to take the Redskins. I'm sorry, the Washington football team. What say you, Shark? Well, the Shark and the Gun at it again. I have some disagreement here. Um, I looked at this going back about a month when I dropped a couple teasers on Twitter. And the thing that really, really stands out to me last year is how many games the Chargers lost by inside of one possession. And if there was any team in the league that is absolutely due to win a cluster of football games, not one, two, three, I'm talking four, five, or six, a cluster of football games, it is the LA Chargers. And I really like the coaching move to go away from Anthony Lynn who really had nothing to do with necessarily the personality management. I think he's actually a solid guy. I just think he wasn't keeping them disciplined enough within the game of football on the field. So many small mistakes. If you watched it last year, it was special teams, and it was offensive and defensive, some poor play calling, some poor sequencing. But this team left so many games on the table, both road and home. Uh, I'd even bring you back. We were, talking, we were just talking about, of course, the world champion Tampa Bay Bucks. If you do remember, the Chargers had a big lead on the Bucks on the road and gave it up down the stretch. 
And there were a bunch of games like that for them last year. And I think when you really look at it, I think books are telling you a pretty solid story here where they open up the Chargers at a minus one favorite against the, the Washington football team on the road. And I think it's reflective also of, again, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, he is naturally – or he has been very good in the early season. But, I mean, he's a journeyman. He's At some point, I feel like he's going to cliff dive, and I think you could see it here. So disagreement from there. But, again, all respect and love, baby. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, lock bets, while you're on the line. What do you think about? Okay, this is going to be the last chance. Can you hear me? I can yes. hear you fine. All right. You guys what can do you hear think me. About I'm the Verizon guy. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> well, you're, you, well, the Verizon guy went to sprint, but we'll take it either way. Chargers, Washington football team, your thoughts? You know, I, I love Sharky's feel on it, and, and I agree. Justin Herbert, how many times – did last year down the stretch, did they melt a, a fourth quarter lead? How many times were they not able to convert on on third and one from the the, uh, the opponent's fourteen yard line with thirty seconds to go? You know, uh, how many times did they get uh, stuffed at the goal line in the fourth quarter? So I remember that vividly. That lives in my head rent free. Um, only thing I will point out is I think the identity of Washington football team lies somewhere deep beneath the trenches, the defense. I think the defense is much better uh, than recent years. Um, Montez Sweat, say the name again, Montez Sweat is a dog. Uh, he, he's one of the most underrated defensive ends in the National Football League. Look for him to take a huge leap year three. Um, Ron, also, I'm not counting out Coach Rivera. Coach Rivera, uh, is this his second year or, or third year? I believe it's his third year. Is it second? Okay. It might be second or third, but go ahead. I, I, I trust him when I like the culture, what he's doing. Um, at the end of the day, I think that that game should be Chargers minus six, uh, minus seven and a half. So there's got to be a reason why we're looking at uh, Redskins even money, basically. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one, and I'm not entirely sure that the Chargers are going to win. I was telling Guns offline that I do like the Washington football team. I think they're a greater team for week one. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if the flash of L.A. going to Washington, D.C. is going to translate, but I could totally see Justin Herbert on the flip side uh, coming into year two, uh, maturing and and maybe even blowing them out of the water. So you know what? I'm taking away my confidence in this pick, but I can see both sides very clearly. I will act as a mediator for shark and guns. I see both sides. Yeah, you know, one one more thing, too. We were just talking about Arizona last year in week one, stealing a game on the road against the Niners in the division. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Washington won outright against Philly last year in week one in the division. And I think it's a reversal dynamic as well. I just think that to a certain degree, you find a different emotional element here facing a team that they never play. I mean, this is like the polar opposite of a rival. And you look at the defense, the defense absolutely is their asset. I mean, this is an incredible group front to back. But the line's also hovering at 44 and a half. I mean, that's way higher than their efforts last year. And I think it's like we talk about every sport. The total and the line tell a, a combinatoric story. And when you see that skyrocketing and then pulling towards the Chargers as well, and look, I would agree with you. They probably should be laying six and a half, seven. But at the same time, they weren't favored in any road games last year, I don't think. So for yeah. the books to move them to that point, that is very strong for the books. So I think you might see 
I think the numbers are kind of telling you potentially the story of the game, which would be that Washington is going to find flow this season, but maybe not in week one against this particular opponent type. Yeah, might be worth taking on week two if they do not cover. But yeah, uh, transitioning into some of the rest of the slate, while the 4 p.m. games are a little bit minimal, I want to talk about some of the bigger games. Um, now, you have a transition as far as the New Orleans Saints are concerned with the new quarterback, a quarterback that we know in famous Jameis Winston going against the Packers with a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers used to be the discount double check with the strap. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Sharky waters nation. Yeah, I do. Um, originally I thought it was definitely a contrarian number for the saints. And I talked to a lot of guys who I think are pretty sharp. And uh, the one thing that I always reference when I talk about NFL sharps particularly is the NFL sharps lost every single Cleveland Browns ATS game when they lost 16 games in a row. So sometimes the contrarian better is just unequivocally wrong and unadjusted when it comes down to it. And I think that you're going to see sharps on the Saints, but at the same time, I was just saying when Locke went off the air for a second, there are public sides that are going to smack this week, period. There's going to be unadjusted lines, and there's going to be teams like we just said, maybe the maybe the Titans. The Titans might catch Arizona napping on a minus three and just win the game by 10 to 11 points. I think this could be another spot like that. I think I've never been a huge, huge fan of uh, Jameis Winston, particularly as a pro. Uh, I think, you know, he has – Awkward footwork, if I'm going to be honest. I've never liked the way he composed himself in the well, pocket. Have you seen his training? Have you seen his training regime? Sorry, continue. No, I mean, trust me, I, I watched him in the preseason, and he was a lot more refined in the pocket. I mean, he was moving his feet a lot quicker. He had better lateral up-and-down movement. But uh, I don't know if that translates to a regular season football game against really uh, an elite-style team. And, you know, one more point. We talk about lines as they cross-reference historically. Uh, I don't think that the Packers have been laying this much – this uh, this big of a number in New Orleans ever, literally ever. And uh, so I think the books are actually telling you a strong story there where I think that Green Bay could come in here and take them down with relative ease, actually. I think this is going to be a very focused Aaron Rodgers team here uh, coming off of his marriage to Shailene Woodley. That's what all men need to focus for the professional campaign. The LASIK eye surgery, from the Sharks' perspective, will not help him in this game. Lock bets, back to you. Do you have a take on this game? <laughs> um, so I will say this. I think the public narrative that people are going to buy into is Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, crab legs Winston. He got the LASIK eye surgery. He had a training regime with his uh, his fitness staff, his fitness staff being his, his, his posse, his boys. I think they were tossing bags at him full speed. It was almost like we were watching dodgeball. If you dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think the public narrative is going to get behind him in a dome, right? We're going to—he's at a new place. He's in a dome. Um, he, you know, he, all he needed was a new home. All he needed was was Sean Payton to 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 all of a sudden, you know, electrocute this guy. Guys, don't forget this guy's the number one pick. He was a Heisman winner, and he has been the biggest flop since Jamarcus Russell. He is who we thought they were, okay? He'll throw three interceptions, he'll throw two touchdowns, and they'll lose by at least 10 points. So I'm not buying what, uh, what um, J- famous Jameis is selling. And I think, I think eventually the public's going to be getting on board with Jameis Winston because 
they're going to say that he was the missing piece or you know, he's the missing piece of this puzzle um, after Drew Brees' retirement. It's not him. It's not it. And I'm selling Jameis Winston. I'm selling the Saints. Get out of here. Lockbed says, Jameis is not eating W's. Num, num, num on week one. So let's transition into a lackluster game that's coming out at 425. And it's going to be played in New Jersey. The Broncos, a very hot team as far as preseason is concerned, against the who knows how good they are, New York football giants. Shark, what's your take? This one for me is just an absolute no take. I have really not a lot of insight into this one. And I'm, I'm going to be going on a couple different shows here, as I was just saying. And I don't think I'm going to be talking about this game really at all. I, I, I mean, unless Miltz, who's our defending champion, has Denver, and I'll give a little analysis towards it, um, or Locke or, or lock of Gibraltar, actually, I should say. He was a finalist, I believe. Or were you a finalist, Locke? Were you a finalist? Who was a, who was a finalist? Locks, Locks was a finalist with okay. Milt. Lost by a point. Don't bring it up. It's very emotional towards Sir Locke. Hey, I have a chip. I have a chip on the shoulder. All right. That's all it is. But yeah, I mean, this is a weird spot for the Broncos, no doubt. I mean, traveling to MetLife, if they were going to do it, I think it's definitely easier to do early season. The weather will be nice and it'll be an easy travel. But I don't know. I really don't know. Locke, you have any insight into this one? I, I uh, I'm just scared shitless because you got two two glove Teddy leading the Broncos, um, the Giants at home. They do not have Galladay as a wide receiver starting Week One. Is Saquon is back? Is their defense even? You know, it, it, is there anybody to write home about on their defense? I could see Teddy two gloves going in there. And uh, I think the Broncos were really just missing consistent quarterback play. Um, Drew Locke was not the thing last year. Uh, when he was healthy, uh, when he was injured, um, they obviously had no backup. Play. So Teddy Two Gloves, I think, is a good veteran for this team. Vic Fangio, I believe, is the head coach. Vic Fangio. Um, say his name five times. Vic Fangio and Teddy Two Gloves go into the East Rutherford, New Jersey, Maybe uh, gets get you know get done. They have a good defense. Um, I'm not buying into the Giants program. I will say one thing: I did put a um, future bet in on Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, uh, fifty to win two thousand dollars on him to lead the rookies in receiving because he's going to be the number one receiver for the Giants. Daniel Jones throws a ton. Uh, Kadarius Tony has a, has a future. That that I sprinkled, I believe, twenty twenty bucks. But yeah, I I could see I could see the Broncos um, beating them on Sunday. I don't know. What do you think, Guns? Well, I have no take on this one. So you heard it here first. Shrug emojis from the sharps on this game. It is a wait and watch on the performance. So I will leave it to your best play or at least one of your plays that we have not discussed i'm going to turn to shark first what do you think is your 
play that is worth taking this week one Sunday? Well, I went on the record about a month ago, and I talked about this one. I really like the Cleveland Browns at plus six and a half. And, um, you know, I think it's definitely a contrarian look here, but I think it's a really smart take. And I think what you look at last year is the Cleveland Browns really showed signs down the stretch, big-time signs. They've always been pretty good in the Baker era at home, uh, not always winning games. Of course, they've gotten better at that uh, after firing uh, Freddie Kitchens going back two seasons ago. But last year, they really started to show out on the road as well. And one game that I really like as a corollary is to how they traveled to Tennessee last year, uh, middle to late in the season, which I perceive this to be a very similar game flow. I think you're going to see a high-scoring game. And I think this team is primed and ready. And I think Baker was drafted basically as a leader. I mean, I remember, uh, who was it, Dorsey, the, the GM, was talking about his leadership coming out of Oklahoma and whatnot. But I think he's finally refined his game enough where he's coming in through, you know, as a very solid to above-average pro. And, of course, they are littered with weapons across the board on offense. Uh, the defense is very good as well, but I think they're situationally good. I don't think they're going to necessarily stop Patrick Mahomes from scoring, but I do really like uh, Cleveland here at the plus six and a half figure. Very good. I like that play as well. If Lockbets isn't back, I am going to give one of my plays that I believe is going to be a good hit, and I'm going to go with the Bengals playing at home. Versus the Vikings at while the Minnesota is minus three in this situation. I think there's a lot of question marks with Joe Burrow, but he has Jamar Chase to throw to who he has comfortability with. He has Joe Mixon in the backfield. You can say what you want about the Bengals defense in this situation. I think this team can at least stay with them and they're playing at home home opener. I think this is a good take to take the Cincinnati Bengals on the plus three while you can still get it because I think it may drop because public perception will be like, oh, Minnesota's good. I don't know if I trust Kirk Cousins. I don't know if I trust Davin Cook in the backfield. While they've been productive, maybe at home, maybe on turf, is a good take to get Cincinnati on the plus. Locks. I'm going to go to you. Do you have a play? Okay. My Verizon, can you hear me now? Good? Good. Sprint. Okay. Let's go. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I, I really thought about what Sharky was saying, and I did realize that week one will be filled with surprise teams, public wins, um, and the Sharps probably taking a bath. However, I, you look at a game – Seahawks versus Colts. Seahawks um, giving, I'm sorry, Seahawks uh, minus two and a half versus the Colts at home. And you know what? I think the Colts are one year better. I think they're taking a big leap. Jonathan Taylor is going to shock the world this year. Could, Could lead the entire league in rushing. Their offensive line has been built the last five years under wraps it has been secretly built um i don't care who is behind at quarterback on sunday i know that that defense is gonna punch him in the mouth consistently russell wilson will not know what hit him coming from the uh, cross-country trip give me the home dog plus two and a half colts you know speaking of public versus sharp i think that's definitely a sharp look 
I don't think you're going to see a lot of Joe public action backing a uh, backup quarterback situation. Is Carson Wentz, he's still out for a couple weeks, correct? He's a huge question mark. I don't know if he's okay. out completely. Regardless of that. He's, I, he's, yeah, he's questionable. Yeah, I mean, without knowing if he's playing or not, I just don't think you're going to see public back in the Colts here. I mean, I, and not only that, I think that Russell Wilson and the defending champion team, I mean, who is the public attached to? They, they attach to uh, names on the jersey, ex-champions, and marquee players. And Russell Wilson fits that bill, and so does the Seahawks team. Of course, people oftentimes forget this is not the 2014 Seahawks. This is the 2021 Seahawks. Their defense is definitely not where it was, and I think you might see points in this game. It is kind of the style of offense and just the general flow they play. And quickly segueing back to the game that Guns was just talking about, the Vikings at Bengals game, that's another one where I could see an over at 47.5. I think the Joe Burrow group scored the ball very well last year. And I think if you look at the Vikings, again, the Vikings are kind of a deceiving under team too because you had Mike Zimmer, you had Kirk Cousins, you had NFC North. And people think, oh, you know, in the freezing cold. First of all, they don't play in the cold anymore. They play in an indoor stadium. But they also travel and they score points on the road historically with Kirk Cousins. Uh, so I think that would be a nice overlook at 47 and a half. Great take by Locks. Great line from the Colts. Guns, guns. Doesn't matter I, who the quarterback I, is. Chime in real quick. Real quick. I'm at 1% battery and I need to leave you guys. I'm okay. sorry for being we'll in wrap and it out. Up, bud. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to leave because I'm about to die. My last take of the night, which you guys can continue, is the L.A. Rams are going to shock the world this year. Matthew Stafford, the only thing that was missing his entire career was a, a team that can actually believe in the quarterback and they'll actually build around the quarterback. Matthew Stafford is with an unbelievable wide receiving crew, a great offensive line, and a great coach. Matthew Stafford, market right now. Um, I think the Rams are going to have a big year. Um, the Lions probably not so much. I think Jared Goff, Jared Goff was the outlier that uh, brought that team down. Um, anyways, adios, guys. Sharky, guns, be good. Peace out. Great take by Locks. Colts, great line. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And the actor from the home improvement, Jonathan Taylor. Don't call him Thomas. Putting up yak. Great takes by you, Shark. We said a dude to Locks. And this will end episode with Dad Bod's pod. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you on the other side of week one. Peace.